The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. I'm really thrilled today and have my longtime good friend, Davon Barbour, with me. He's the president and CEO of the City of New Orleans Downtown Development District. Davon, are you there, buddy? I am here, John. Good to be with you. Always a pleasure. You and I have a lot of great memories, a lot of great trips you and I have done together, and a lot of great work we've done over the years. And uh, now you're an ICSE trustee, among other things. And would you mind just uh, telling our guests, uh, maybe from a big picture standpoint, how are you feeling about uh, the retail real estate industry from your perspective? Sure. You know, I I feel pretty strong about the health of our industry. I think uh, we're in a good place. Uh, We're seeing some strong indicators. Certainly, we know that the impact had an impact, had a you know negative uh, impact on our industry. But the numbers that are coming in really show the resiliency of, of our industry. Um, I can tell you, you know, when you look at sales uh, composition in 2022, we saw some really good figures. Uh, food and beverage performed very, very strong. Uh, comp- when you compare 2022 uh, to 2021, we saw a 16.7% increase in sales. Uh, pure play e-commerce, again, positive trends there, about uh, approximately 7% increase there. Clothing, we also saw increase in sales there, 6.2% increase in, uh, in sales. Again, not surprising, many of us are returning back to the office, we're traveling, we're out, we're mobile. Uh, so some good signs there, uh, even when it comes to general merchandise. Sales up there as well, about 3.2% increase. So, you know, I, I remain bullish uh, on the health of our industry. Uh, we, we're seeing, you know, positive signs in terms of store opening, openings as well. Uh, when compared to store closings, we know that, you know, 2019, uh, more so 2020 and 21, were really tough years in terms of store closures. But at the end of 2022, there were about two, 976 uh, store openings versus 504 closings that occurred. Uh, so really healthy signs. And so I, I think we should all be optimistic about the, the health of our industry. We're also seeing increased occupancy in our malls, both opens, uh, open air centers as well as enclosed centers. So um, there's a lot of movement and positive signs out there. Yeah, and that's really powerful, Davon. You know, like uh, for people that don't know, like you being a trustee with ICSC, you're in meetings uh, closed door meetings with um, CEOs of retailers and REITs and other national uh, players. So I'd imagine like if you went in those meetings and everyone's crying, that would be one sign. But if you're in there and there's a lot of energy that's positive, both from the tenant and landlord perspective, that's helpful. And you're giving some great data points on that. Uh, and it sounds that it feels generally going in the right direction. Is that correct? That is correct. Absolutely. So I want to talk to you about um, uh, your current work, and and what's fascinating about you is you're doing this work now for New Orleans, but you did it in Orlando, Baltimore, and Fort Lauderdale. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct, in Los Angeles as well, and oh, Miami. My, oh my gosh, I, I followed you for a long time, my friend, a long, long time. So uh, talk to us a little bit. So in your work in New Orleans, do, why don't you just describe what the work you're doing is? Sure. So I, you know, have the incredible privilege of. Uh, serving as president and CEO for the Downtown Development District of New Orleans. Uh, we are essentially the first property-based assessment district created in the United States. In fact, we were created in 1974. 
And so our organization manages about 160 blocks within downtown New Orleans. Uh, we provide supplemental services, and our mission really is to ensure that we're creating a vibrant, world-class downtown. Uh, we do everything from providing hospitality services, uh, supplemental cleaning within our downtown. We provide extra security. Uh, we're involved in economic development. In fact, you know, I like to say that we're in the mission of building a market. Mm. And so we work very closely with, uh, with, uh, with brokers, with developers. Uh, we have a number of incentive programs to help close deals. So, you know, our mission is to really make sure that we've got this exciting environment. And so, you know, from a, a downtown perspective, I love the fact that we serve multiple markets. You know, we're serving residents. We're serving visitors. Uh, we're serving workers. Uh, and just the convergence of these different uses requires different tactics. But ultimately, everyone's looking for an exciting downtown, and that's what we're here to provide. So if somebody's listening to this and they, uh, they're working for, they, they work for a restaurant, they work for a, a retailer that's expanding, maybe they're regional and they're thinking about expanding to new markets, and they're thinking about New Orleans, they could call you, is that correct? If they say, hey, I'm thinking about opening a business there in the, in, the, in the downtown district, and you'll be able to give them some insight, and maybe you might even give them some, you might even start recruiting them, I guess, but is that part of that connectivity is working with expanding, growing retailers and restaurants? Absolutely. As an organization, we really wrap our arms around expanding retailers, restaurants. We provide you know, business intelligence to property owners, to brokers. And so, yes, we absolutely want you know, these businesses to view us as their first point of contact so we can uh, you know, help them get through the permitting process, help them understand some of the incentives that are available, understand the market conditions. At the end of the day, when they're successful, we're successful. Well, and, and so you've done this. You, we mentioned all different cities you've worked at, you've, you've worked for. Um, and I, I'm not, there's no part of me is trying to call anybody out, but I have to imagine there are some cities that don't do what you do. They don't have a Dave on in their city. The reason why I bring that up is if people are looking at the, listening to this interview and they're thinking, gosh, um, my downtown's maybe not doing enough. Um, it, it doesn't happen by mistake, right? Like it's happening because it's purposeful, intentional by your city's leadership other cities' leadership, if it's not happening someplace, maybe the constituents need to be a little more aggressive about encouraging their city to, to do such said things. Is that is that correct? Oh, a- absolutely. You know, now more than ever, particularly urban centers are really competing, and it's really the top-tier markets, those that are providing high quality of life, ex- excellent customer service, they're going to continue to win. And so, you know, if you're a broker, if you're a property owner, if you're a developer looking to expand in a community, I encourage you, get to know the economic development officials on the ground. And and I work with elected officials as well, and I, you know, try and impart upon them that, you know, as a retailer, as a restaurant, that is a business decision. That, uh, that retailer isn't looking to move into a market just out of the kindness of their heart or expecting, you know, business to drop from the sky. You've got to provide the business climate for that business to succeed. Uh, and, and so it's really important that communities really be at the table, that they're looking at, you know, the, the, the cost of doing business in the community, the regulations. Um, now so more than never, that's more so important. When we see, you know, coming out of COVID, uh, a lot of retailers are really adapting their formats. We've got to take a hard look at land use policy. What do we need to do to support these restaurants so they can get to the finish line? That's really great, Avon. We got to take a quick break in just a second. But I, I was recently in a meeting with the secretary of um, HUD, and she was talking about you know the need to really revisit regulations because that was preventing development. And so um, you're kind of saying the same thing. It's like wherever you're at, if you're if you're 
you need to work with your local government and then also make sure you communicate in a relationship style what could be preventing business, which could be regulations or it could be zoning or it could be crime, and then helping find the right resources as a team in a united way to solve those help help get all businesses growing. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a, a big proponent of public private partnerships. As you know, I've done a lot, you know, working on both sides in the public sector as well as the private sector. And it really requires a, you know, multi-pronged attach, uh, attack uh, to really facilitate growth. You know, I think a lot about, you know, in this new environment um, where we're seeing markets change really quickly, one example being parking. We know how expensive parking can be, uh, you know, as a developer, a retailer, that performer matters uh, in terms of, your decision to open a, a location in a particular community. And so maybe it's time for us to revisit, you know, parking densities, parking calculations in communities, helping us to look at, you know, specific land use and restrictions that we may have on certain business types within communities. We've got to be a little more flexible. I think that's one of the, the, the benefits coming out of COVID. I think it's really forced uh, communities to really rethink through some of their regulations and really try new things. Just think about outdoor dining. That was, you know, when COVID hit, a lot of communities, I think it was difficult for them for, to grapple with the notion of, you know, dining in the streets. But we saw it work. We've seen it time and time again. Many communities are now actually putting in place, you know, permanent regulations to support outdoor, outdoor dining. And I, I think we'll continue to see innovations on that front. That's outstanding. Uh, Dave, we're going to take a quick break uh, and then we'll come right back. So hang right there. We'll be right back with Davon Barbour with the uh, City of New Orleans Downtown Development District. And this is John Crossman, the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition. Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. We're back here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition with uh, Davon Barbour, my old friend. Actually, he, I'm old. He's young, but we've been friends a long time. And he's with the city of New Orleans downtown development district. And Davon, you know, we talk about um, all the work you've done with different communities. You've actually taught classes on this. You've actually been at the Wharton School uh, with the University of Shopping Centers teaching uh, people about public-private partnership. And so... If somebody's listening to this and they work for a city, and of course it could be a smaller city, a lot more cities are smaller than New Orleans. Well, what do you think they need to hear as far as like open their eyes up to be aware of how to be a good partner for thriving local businesses and downtowns? Sure, I would say even beyond the downtown, but just the community in general. You know, the public sector is not a demon, so think of them, uh, you know, as a partner. I. I encourage you to get to know the economic development officials in a community, to get to know the planners, to get to understand what the community needs are. You know, I, I can tell you, I served as a planning commissioner once in a city, and it would always drive me crazy when a developer would come before the planning commission for a project without having spoken uh, to the members in the community. Uh, so, you know, if you're bringing a retail project, 
maybe understand some of the, the retail needs in that community, some of the workforce uh, development needs. Even from a you know project financing standpoint, there I've, there are a number of communities that are out there doing great work that provide incentives, um, other financial resources to help bring a deal to the to the finish line. I've worked on projects as well in a number of communities where we've provided you know incentives to a project. At the end of the day, you know we're looking for public benefit as well, and so we certainly understand that that deal has to pencil out. You know, I want a center that's thriving. I don't want a center that's vacant. And so we want to work with that developer, work with those retailers to produce the environment that achieves long-term success. So get to know those communities. Um, If you're a young broker, I encourage you, get to know that economic development agency, study that city's website, look at the community plan, understand some of the challenges. You could be a hero to that community. You know, retail creates jobs. Um, and that's something that, you know, we often forget. You know, my first job was in retail. I worked customer service in a shopping mall. It provided the foundation for everything that I do now, you know, customer service and engagement, understanding leasing trends, uh, merchandising. And, and so um, it's so important that, the, that those lines of communication are open. Well, I, I spot on, and I want to say this so people hear this, because I think this is true of you, and I, I want to imagine this to be true of your contemporaries. I have called you over the years. Uh, sometimes I've called you to vent. <laughs> sometimes I've called you yeah. <laughs> for counsel, and I've said, "Dave, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. What do I do?" And you've listened, and you've then you've given me counsel. Sometimes you just told me to calm down, but then other times you've said, "Hey, John, what about this? What about this?" And I think what I'm trying to say is like, so if somebody's looking to expand business in New Orleans, they could just call you. They could even call you and say, "I don't have this totally figured out. What do you think?" And and that's part of building a relationship, correct? Oh, absolutely. Those relationships matter. Uh, you know, ultimately, you know, providing that counsel, uh, when you contact me, when you, con- when you contact someone in a similar position like myself, it's because you trust that individual. Right. And so, you know, I spend a lot of time ensuring that, you know, our information is up to, to, up to uh, is current, that we know the latest and greatest what's happening in the community so that we can provide that guidance. You know, often in some communities as well, we're able to provide confidential inf- information. You, you know, you may not realize this, but there are some communities that actually have legislation in place that protects uh, economic development deals so that you can seek counsel, get information to help your project move forward. So take advantage of that. You know, we want to that, – that feedback is so critical. I've spent a lot of time when I work with communities saying, hey, from an economic development standpoint, you've got to be engaged in the trenches. You can't do economic development sitting behind your desk. You need to be at the ICSC shows. You've got to be out at industry networking events because it's those long-term relationships that provide value. I, I can't tell you, like, you know, you just espoused the fact how we've been working together over the years. You know, each time I go to an ICSC event, I see longtime friends and brokers and other developers. It's that rapport that's so critical to getting deals done. Well, and, and you know, and disclose this as well, I, I don't, I only call you and ask for advice or to vent seldomly. I don't bug you. I like right. wait, wait till. And then the flip side is I always want to be there for you, right? I always want to remain a fan of you, Absolutely. so you know, so that you you know it's a relationship. It's not you're giving me charity. I'm I'm here to help you as well, and so that's part of it. Dave, with the, the few minutes we have left, um, I just want to switch gears for a second, and uh, you know, you're CEO, and um, as you look, you know, in your past over your career. Is there any traits of, of successful CEOs that you see consistently? You're like, John, people need to be thinking more about these two or three things to make them a successful CEO. What, what would that be to you? 
Um, I think, you know, number one trait that I've, uh, that I try to display and that, you know, I've picked up from other mentors and CEOs, uh, empathy is really, really important to me. I think it's so important to understand the position of someone sitting on the other side of the table. Um, and so I, you know, make it a point to listen, to listen, to listen, to understand, you know, the, the position of someone on the other side of the table. That's a, a, a trait that's absolutely uh, important to me. I equally think it's important as a CEO to be to serve as a role model and be willing to go in the trenches with one team. You know, I manage cleaning services and hospitality. I'm not afraid to pick up trash with when I, you know, a piece of litter that I say may see walking down the street, or if in its event we're producing folding chairs, helping set up. Um, it just it just shows I think an immense level of respect for our teammates, uh, and just shows that you know we're we're all in this together. So. Um, those are traits that are really, really important to me in qualities. I love that. So you talked about empathy, and uh, even though you might be meeting with somebody that you, you don't get along with but having compassion, there's a, there's a movie, Dave, on the, the movie. It's a three, bu- three Billboards. That's sort of that famous movie, and, and, it, and it's a rough movie for people who have seen it. But there's a scene in it where a woman, and she's having this extremely antagonistic relationship with the, her sheriff. I mean, like, they hate each other. But in the meeting, and it's antagonistic, he starts to cough up blood um, because he has cancer. And in that moment, she embraces him. Like, they don't like each other, but in that moment, she sees his humanity that he's dying. And you can feel that as you're watching the film. And so I really, when you were saying that, so I was thinking that sometimes we walk into meetings where, you know, there's different sides, but if we can sort of see each other as humans and then connect, mm-hmm. that can, maybe we can find common ground better, right? And so that you oh, goes, I- go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I I just can't agree with you more. It, it's so important, just baseline respect and just understanding where someone's coming from. You know, I, I found that, uh, you know, someone isn't generally angry just to be angry. There's mm-hmm. always a backstory. And so if, you know, if, as a retailer, maybe they're concerned about, you know, business conditions in the community, that business isn't necessarily complaining just to complain. There's probably some reality to that. And so, you know, understanding yeah, their perspective. I've, you know, been and worked on deals with someone that I may not ever agree on uh, some, just some uh, general ideas, but we respect one another. We understand humans and we're focused on those deal points. So you're, I, I, I can't agree with you more. Well, you know, it's, you got to remember, Dave, I'm part Irish. So I'm kind of mad all the time, but, um, uh, but you know, you and I don't always agree. You and I don't always agree on every topic, but that, that's why you're such a great friend, right? Like if, if we always agreed with each other, we would never grow. And so we, we need that. Yeah. So that's helpful. And dif- differences are okay. It's, it provides for healthy discussion. Right, right. It helps us educate each other and, and learn more and actually live a more interesting life. And then I love that, that final comment you made about uh, really servant leadership and just want to jump in there and help and help's needed. And people people do notice that. People do notice that. Well, um, uh, Davon, we got to wrap up. Um, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being a mentor. And thank you for making the city of New Orleans a better place for business. So really appreciate all you are and all that you're doing. Thank you so much, John, for having me. Appreciate it. Um, We're going to take a break and then have our final segment. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, 
their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com once again, here's John Crossman. We are back just for a final word. Uh, uh, Dave on Barbour, how powerful was that? That's really amazing. I mean, you know, that area is, uh, according to a lot of people, that's a tough area down there. It's, it, listen, it's, it's tough for many, many reasons. Like one, historic, right? Let's just start with that. You know, if you, you're talking about moving in businesses in places that have tremendous history, and when you have that, you need to treat that respectfully, right? So, right. so you have that dynamic, um, and then you also have. Um, de- he said deep politics. Well, that's that's very true too. Like, yeah. you know, people who have very strong opinions, opposing opinions, things like that. And then you know, look, it's a real city, right? I mean, like, so it's got some you know real city crime issues. I mean, that's just I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to say be factual. If we're talking mm-hmm. about Chicago or LA or you know wherever, there's there's those facets in there. So in the middle of that, here's Davon who's you know, been in been Orlando with us and Baltimore and other places. And he's really trying to help businesses grow. And what I liked about him, um, one of the things I love about him, but the thing that highlights is I really felt his sense of compassion of unity. Right. And and sometimes people walk into that conversation with one person's in power and another person doesn't have power. Therefore they, they side to the victim. Right. And I don't feel like he's that way. He's trying to say, both sides have power. Let's work together and then find commonality to make for a greater good. Right? You know, he would have to work real hard, like any big city a manager of a development board, trying to grow the urban area, the downtown area. He has a tough, uh, I guess you could say, a job description that he has to do. What do you think he's having to deal with now that he might not have had in his previous situations? Oh, I think that... Um, I think the historic context, I think it's got to be the toughest one. Like, I love history. Like, I love U.S. history. And so I, I love New Orleans. You know, you got the World War II Museum there, but you also have the actual Andrew Jackson. There's all these right. famous things that have happened there. And th- it's it's very real. And that, that kind of becomes very sacred to people, right? So, you know, when he was doing downtown Orlando, downtown Orlando doesn't have that kind of, hey, this important event happened 300 years ago. Like, this predates the U.S. I mean, that's there in New Orleans, right? Um, also, I think you also have a, a nostalgia factor for different kinds of things. So yeah, he's, he, what he, the word he is, he said deep political. That's what he said. And mm-hmm. I like that deep, yeah. deep. Yeah. And I think that was a really good word. And again, it's not trying to say, it's not trying to side with anybody. It's just trying to say it's the complexity of it. Right. That's why I love knowing how hard, uh, challenging job he has when he chose to say empathy first. I thought, man, that's genius. That's really genius. Like he's not jumping in saying we got to get results, right? He's saying you got to understand each other first. And then he said, listen. And then what was the last thing he said? Hey, I'll pick up the garbage. I'll, yeah. you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll pull the chairs. I mean, I, you know, I, I, when I think in my mind how much I love him, and then I think about how much how hard that job is, and I put that together, I'm like. Gosh, I don't know anybody better for that job than him. You know, it's really difficult to put a value on servant leadership, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you have a guy who is leading an area like that, but yet not afraid to do the hard work, not afraid to actually do what he would ask someone 
who would be in a position that would be, let's say, under his oversight. Yeah. He's, he's right there willing to do that kind of work. That really says a lot to everybody in the organization. Well, I've seen his star rise, right? Like I've seen him at one point in his career, and now he's at this very high level, higher than me, and, and, and I look up to him, right, in this point in his career, and I, and I admire that. And so for him to say, hey, I'm willing to do stuff that's way lower, that says a lot. And the other thing, Mike, just to acknowledge this, like as an American, you know, I want us to have um, successful, historic, prominent cities, right? I want to be able to go to uh, D.C. and uh, New York, and I want to be able to go to Seattle, and I want to go to San Diego, and mm-hmm. I want to go to these, Dallas, and I want to be feel proud of these large American cities, right? And, it, and if other people agree with me, we have to have, get our support behind guys like Davon who are doing the, doing the front line. He talked a lot about that. He talked about the front line work. This is not theoretical. This is not Twitter work, right? right. This is not like, hey, yeah. they should clean that up. Hey, they should stop crime. He's like right there on the front line. So if we're not on the front lines in the community, we need to make sure that we're, we're you know, giving a cup of water, giving a towel, giving a, giving a, a, nice, a nice support to the people that are and making that happen. And he's that guy, man. I guess my final thought would be, he seems to be one that inspires others around him to oh, do yeah. that kind of job. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I, um, listen, I was having a challenging situation recently on an industry issue and I, I just copied Davon on the email mm-hmm. because the person who I was dealing with, I think was doing something wrong. And I just think the presence of him on the email probably helped course correct. And that's so that's, that's powerful. So that's really good stuff, John. Yeah, man. Let's keep supporting our great leaders that are out there. Uh, so this is John Crossman with Mike, the producer. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> you got it, my You're friend. My good pal. And uh, thanks. This has been the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition. This has been the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.